Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Before we start the show this week, I would just like to promote a gig that was arranged by a good friend of mine. It's the Fire at Will gig, which will be happening on Monday, the 24th of February at the Joiners. Doors open at 7.30. An indie rock band from Bournemouth, the Bedroom Text, will open at 8 o'clock. Napier will be on at 8.45. They are on the 2020 Once to Watch BBC Introducing and are headlining an array of festivals throughout 2020. And lastly... Marble Tide will be on at 9.45. They combine cinematic soundscapes with rock, indie, pop, blues and jazz to create an original and rich sonic experience. If you are interested in purchasing tickets, they are just £3 each, sold through Eventbrite, and you can also purchase tickets on the door. All proceeds from ticket sales will go directly to teentrees.org, a charity that plants trees for each dollar donated. Go down to the joiners, listen to some really good music and help save the planet. Let's sell the place out. I will, of course, put all the info up on my show notes and on my Twitter. Now, uh, this week we are lucky enough to be joined by Alan Gunn of St Mary's Musings. He's 
come on before at the start of the season. He's come back again. Let's talk about Saturday's disappointing home loss to Burnley. Um, and Kevin, uh, the Moscow Mesh, Kevin Milton, is, is not with me today. He's uh, unavailable at the moment, but hopefully we'll be able to get hold of him a bit later on. But uh, anyway, Alan, how are you? Thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, doing well. Currently we've uh, survived with Storm Kiera and Dennis, so lucky oh, to uh, lucky to not have needed a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you're up in Lancashire, aren't you? Yeah, it's correct, yeah. And what's it like up there right now? Right now it's not raining for once, which oh, is wow. uh, made for a good change the last couple of days, but I mean, a lot of rain, a lot of flooding, and uh, obviously a lot of wind. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely trucking down out here at the moment, and yeah, the storm's threatening to take my garden away as I speak. I'm sat looking at it, and it looks, oh yeah, it looks nasty. But um, anyway, how's the writing going? Yeah, we're doing well. Uh, kind of the whole thing. I mean, me and Jake uh, have other things that we do throughout the week, so uh, sometimes we have to put the put us, you know, Southampton a little bit on the back burner. But you know, we keep up with it, and um, you know, just. I stick with doing all the match reports mainly and uh, kind of helpful as, you know, I can get through that on the weekends. But other than that, you know, plugging away, enjoying the season, really. And how's the basketball season going for you? Yeah, basketball season's going well. Um, our guys are uh, currently down in Bristol. Um, but I've been given the day off, which is uh, a nice change, uh, having, not having to go to Bristol. Um, but yeah, we're doing really well. Um, about to head back out into Europe, to Latvia, to hopefully make another European Super Final. Um in this league that we're in out there. Um, obviously, you know, the guys are 16 and 19, so for them, really good experience. And, uh, yeah, Myers School College Basketball. Love it. That's amazing. And um, what team is it that you that you cover? Yeah, it's, uh, it's this academy called Myers School College Basketball Academy. We're uh, based out in Preston, uh, up in Lancashire, as you say. Um, and uh, it's for 16 to 19-year-olds. Um, we get a couple 20, but for the most part, 16 to 19. And they're all trying to... I mean, most of them have a, a dreams of going to America, which is the big thing to get a scholarship. And we'll mm-hmm. have a few guys that will inevitably go over there. Um, one has already signed, uh, Amari Williams. Uh, he's going to, to Drexel next year. Um, he's going to be, well, he's a verbal commit, but that's, that's the plan for a lot of them or for a good majority of them is to hopefully go to America. But, um, yeah, the whole uh, European Youth League, um, really good for experience. And then obviously they play against men. Um, on the weekends uh, in Division Two, so a lot of basketball to be done. <laughs> Amazing. Um, do you do you catch up on the NBA at all? I do. I'm a I'm a Celtics guy. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you know, uh, we we've had our differences. Uh, like the Hurricanes, which is great for us because we're yeah. getting the the Stadium Series next year. So that's the first time they'll ever host an outdoor nice. game in North Carolina. So uh, mm. gonna find a way to go to that. But yeah, NBA. Not so much. Uh, love love college basketball. That's probably my main yeah. my main watch. Um, obviously, just watch Carolina lose last night on a on a, another buzzer beater. So oh, it's heartbreaking when it happens, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's like the second one in the in the last three games. So oh, actually, I was just getting, where I've been ill this week. I, I caught up with the All NBA All Star. I love watching the um three point contest and the dunk contest, and so yeah, that's that was good. Yeah, yeah, love the yeah the NBA's going on the All Star weekends this weekend I think. So. Yeah, the games tonight, the uh, get, yeah the All Star games tonight, but the uh, skills competitions were yesterday. So. It was yesterday, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a majority of them come through on uh, on Twitter, so 
Yeah. Aaron Gordon apparently got robbed again. I don't think he did, to be honest. I, I, I yeah, I don't know. It was close. It was very, very close. But I think overall, uh, Jones, I think he was just a little bit more creative. Though. Yeah, and it's, uh, you'll have to go back and watch, watch it in, in its entirety when it comes up on YouTube. Right, let's turn our attention to Saints. Um, before we go into the news, um, I just want to go through the transfer window and see what your thoughts were on it. Um, especially with, with Kyle Walker-Peters coming in, Cedric out, and of course the loss of, of my Yoshida. How are you feeling about all this? Yeah, I think, uh, I was talking to my friend the other day when we were watching Burnley and it was just, it was, it was weird to, to lose Yoshida, keep Vestergaard when apparently people were interested in giving us money for him. Um, mm. just to kind of have that, you know, elder statesman still in our, in our ranks. Um, very so popular person as well. Very popular. Um, and, and people, no offense to, to Vestergaard, he's just, you know, it seems he's put more f- feet wrong or lack thereof. No, he's a shitstorm. He's, he's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas Yoshida can at least come in and, you know, he'll make it the, the typical Yoshida mistake, but he's at least, you know, played within the system for, for a few years and been around the club and, uh, just kind of seems that, you know, we've shipped him off and his contract's going to end and he's just going to go off into the, into the sunset, you know, without really any sort of, you know, tribute because he's, you yeah. know, He's given his part for the last, what, four years, so. That was weird. Um, again, you know, we've, we've brought in Piers, just kind of seems last minute, considering we we're going to lose Cedric, get a little bit of money back from him, whoever it is. Um, yeah, it just doesn't really make sense, but interesting, uh, transfer window to say the least, but obviously expected as we never do anything. Mm. Yes, especially in, in, in January anyway. Yeah. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news. Um, I will start with Shane Long has allegedly signed a new contract extension, but they won't officially announce it until we are mathematically safe. That's good news. I mean, he has been great this season. He's been important, crucial, a, a crucial partner to Danny as well. Um, it continues to be a popular choice by Ralph. Getting heaps of playing time, as we probably didn't think he would. He's getting more than I thought he would, anyway. But he, he does seem happy to stay here. So, yeah, is that is that a, a bit of happy news for you? Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't mind Shane Long. I think I think Oberfemi will overtake him at some point, and that's kind mm. of what you think would be, you know, the hope for the future is that maybe Oberfemi's just not there yet to give you, you know, ninety minutes or whatever. And Shane Long is, you know, come on and throughout the season just just played the role that he's been asked um he's popped up for a goal or two maybe here and there um but for the most part yeah i think he's he's done exactly what's being asked of him and and i just i don't think whether it be obafemi or che adams um i just don't think that they're at that part where they can deliver the exact same that you know maybe rouse asking um and you know hopefully the case that this little extension just kind of Bridges the gap to those two um, playing full time, but I've, yeah. I've had no problem with him being getting the lion's share of the minutes. Let's well, say so something for the future with Oberfemi and Shay Adams. We've got something right now in Ings and, and Long. We've got the elder statesman that's you know used to be playing in, in, in these important matches. So yeah, we've got the the whole spectrum there, as it were. Um, and, and Ralph himself is is out of contract, and would, he said he would like to extend his current deal, which is a, which has a further twelve months remaining, I believe. 
But yeah, can you imagine that a Saints manager actually seeing out his contract? It's just madness. Um, but yeah, he again will wait until we are mathematically safe. But I mean, we expect that one to, to you know, be extended, don't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's uh, obviously been the best pickup we've had uh, since what is Kuman. So yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want him to go anywhere. Um, he's, he's starting to get the best out of some guys that. I didn't think, I thought we're not really left for dead, but, you know, Bednarik's come back, yeah. played really well. It's the first thing I was uh, thinking that, yeah. Hughes, and, and Hughes left him out, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was, Hughes left him out and it was just bizarre because he had done so well with, uh, you know, just to keep us up. And then yeah. it was like, just didn't even see him. And then now he's come in and it's just a huge role with Stevens, which is a bit of a makeshift defense for us, but it's, it seems to be working, which is, I wouldn't have thought, coming in that Stevens would be playing as big of a role yeah and it does seem that you know as I say like imagine a Saints manager seeing out his contract because it doesn't seem to happen either they have a really really strong performance and get touted by other clubs like Pochettino Koeman or they are absolutely terrible like Puel and Pellegrino so it's just yeah so someone to actually see out his contract and actually extend it will be something that we're not used to seeing it will uh, be strange. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Um, and another player that Ralph has waited, well, I say, Hoiberg's been pretty coy on, on his contract extension talk, but what, what do we expect with this? Do we expect him to sign another contract? Because he used to say he's been quiet on the, on the front, but it, are we, are we just waiting for, you know, us to be mathematically safe for him to, to sign that deal? I'm kind of hoping it's similar that it's, you know, just waiting on, on being safe. Um, He's he's had an interesting one because there, there's been some speculation with him just maybe moving or not staying or whatever. But it's I mean obviously all speculation. But I, I think he's he's it's weird his role's been completely different this year. Uh, apparently he's taken the most shots for us without a goal. Um, mm. Something something crazy like that. Uh, we were talking the other day, me and my friends whilst watching that he was he's apparently taken the most shots but not scored or whatever for us this season. Um, but his, his role is totally different this year. Um, I think it's kind of made him a little bit more focused, um, being box to box and having to actually look for a goal or look to, you know, do anything crazy in the box. But hopefully he stays. I think he's, he's a, a good little key piece in the midfield. And we've not really had that in, in recent years where we've just kind of had a, a revolving midfield. So hopefully he stays and just continues to give us more continuity in that area of the pitch. Sure, yeah, another very, very important player in the dressing room as well. Really, really popular with everybody else. But yeah, I mean, there could be a big shake-up in this, in this off-season. Who knows? But um, uh, Nathan Redmond, uh, injured in training on Thursday. He had a muscle injury. Uh, could be missing up to April. Now, that could be crucial because Buffal, too, went off yesterday with an ankle injury. Um, but that one is not supposed to be serious. But yeah, I mean, how do we how do we handle Redmond not being... I mean, if he would have been injured last season, you could have said we would have, we probably would have gone down because he was so Absolutely. important for us. But, you know, losing him this season, what does that do for us? Yeah, it totally changes that left side of the pitch. I mean, he's obviously created a really good partnership with uh, Bertrand down that, that side. Um, and then obviously Buffal uh, and Armstrong kind of – it was weird what Buffal and Armstrong were doing yesterday. Like, yeah. Just bizarre. Like, every so often you just see Buffal on the right side with Armstrong, and it was just like, I mean, you're not supposed to be there, fellow. Yeah, it was like they were playing a free roll with that 4-2-2-2 again, and then just, like, switching all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and at some points they were on, like, the same side, and Mm. it was just... So it'd be interesting to see what we do with that left side, whether it's uh, Gineppo or... I mean, I thought it was... I thought we could have brought on uh, Obafemi at one point. I mean, maybe move Long out to there and try Mm. and give Shea Adams or Obafemi that, that role with... 
with uh, Ings, but then you, I guess you lose that sort of little cohesion partnership there. So maybe I'm saying uh, Ishinopo gets that uh, gets that little nod, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he would have been the start yesterday more so than Buffal, but you know, Ralph Ralph seems to like giving Buffal an opportunity to at least prove himself. So obviously we don't have that. So hopefully not long term with him, but that totally changes how we play down that left side. Um, and I think we've got enough cover down that side, but obviously, you know, real you know, important guy to us going forward is is not going to be with us for, for a little while. That's mm. quite shocking, but um, really tough coming off a break um, to have that injury happen. Yeah, it's not not good timing, is it? And it, this season it's been clear to see that he's used Buffao and Gineppo as impact players. When you're changing a, a system... You, you know, you may be putting Redmond in the centre, uh, and then you put those two on to come on make an impact, and they, you know, largely have. I think Gineppo slipped a little bit since the last few weeks. He hasn't been playing particularly well. I don't think he had a great game again yesterday. So it is going to be a massive loss for us, I feel, because one of those two, Buffal or Gineppo, are going to have to stand up and be a star, and they're going to have to do what he does on a week week to week basis. It's that simple for us, I think. That's pretty much right. I think, uh, I mean, Redmond's just, it's interesting with Redmond because he had that one season under Pellegrino or Pellegrino. I can't even remember who he is now. Pellegrino. Yeah. yeah where it was like, he, he just, he wasn't doing anything. But then once we made a switch, it's like he always seems to, to put himself in really good positions, you know, under these different manager changes. And it's like, now he's totally comfortable under Ralph, but now, I mean, we're losing that aspect that he's brought. And like you say, it's just, Probably one of the most important pieces that we've got out there, and uh, to, to go without him now is is going to be really interesting to see how we we handle that. Because, like you say, we've we've got either Buffal or Gineppo, but mainly impact players mm. uh, off the bench. Um, so, I mean, it, is it an Obafemi that we go to to try and keep that impact player off the bench, or you know, I'm, I'd be interested to see how we how we approach that. Yeah, that's that a good now. point. I mean, he might even decide to change the formation up again, which is really, really risky because at the moment we found something that's working and we have got a favourable fixture. You know, I don't mean in disrespect, but we've got Aston Villa West Ham coming up who are struggling. Uh, do we take a risk now, change the formation up and just, as you say, keep the likes of Buffal and um, Gineppo as impact players? But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what his plans are. Uh, Last bit of news I want to touch on is Callum Slattery had his debut for Dutch side. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry. It's De Grafschap. Um, And he scored in a 2-0 win. So well done, Callum Slattery. Uh, Do we expect him to have a future at Saints? I believe so. I think it's interesting to see some of our loans, whether it be Slattery, Sims. um, I mean, we've been talking what Reed and Hesketh trying to break into the all break. I mean, they're getting older. Um, They're no longer... In my opinion, youth guys. I mean, they're, they've been around the team long enough. So hopefully, you know, this is just a case that they just need to play regularly against, you know, some. They just, I don't think the under-23s is particularly doing anything for them at this point or at this stage in their development. So hopefully, you know, Sims having good, you know, performances in MLS or yeah, you know, games that they should be yeah, playing at. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that'll. Long term, I think they will be brought back into the fold, whether it be, you know, next year or the year after. But I think it, sooner than later, they'll be hopefully making that impact um, and, and really showing what our academy is famed for again. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Right then, let's get stuck into Burnley from Saturday. 
Hugely disappointing result, poor second half performance and another home loss as we went down 2-1 to Burnley. Okay, so it was an early goal direct from a corner from Ashley Westwood. Ings with a brilliant leveller and Massey Vidra with the winner. Uh, I'm just going to go through the starting 11 with you, Alan, and tell me what you think of it. Yep. So we had McCarthy, uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, Stevens, Vestergaard and Bertrand. James Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg, Armstrong, Buffal, Ings and Long. So it was a debut for Kyle Walker-Peters. Vestergaard comes in for Bednarik. James Ward-Prowse, amazingly fit enough to start in spite of what we all thought. Uh, Redmond out with that muscle injury and is replaced by Buffal. Uh, some nice surprises there, uh, but maybe some mixed ones. Not so, not so nice. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously he's making the decision tactically, I guess, to put Bednarik on the bench for Vestergaard. I don't know what the thing. I mean, is, is Vestergaard supposed to win headers? against Wood. And well, I, see, I, this is the thing. I thought it was an injury to Bednarik, and I thought, oh, I could, he couldn't he couldn't possibly leave Bednarik out. But then I saw Bednarik on the bench and thought, well, hang on. Like you say, it must be, it must be, he must have had his reasons for that, surely. But, I mean, that's, if, if you're expecting Vestergaard to go out and win headers, I mean, surely you, you've you watched film on him to know that that's not no, he's, he's something not that he yet. does. And, no. and, 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 that, a big that was, man as well, so... Yeah, yeah, and that, that was that was probably the most shocking decision. I mean, why would you gamble on... I mean, if Bednarik's, you know, even 90% fit, I mean, maybe he's thinking, obviously, we've lost Redmond, so we don't want to lose him. But, I mean, there is no... Nothing really said about an injury to Bednarik, but then it was like, I mean, if you're going to gamble on messing up that partnership with, with him and Stevens. I mean, it just seems kind of foolish to do for one match. Um, just very bizarre. <laughs> Were you surprised to see um, James Ward-Prowse in the starting eleven? I think once we learned that his injury was just a laceration, a deep laceration to his leg, I think it was something that he was going to be able to, to at least come back from sooner. Um, so I don't know if I was more surprised, but it was... I was happy to see him um, because obviously it meant that there was nothing long-term wrong with him. He's just been such a an impactful player for us throughout the year, whether it's just doing little things, winding up players, whatever. He's, it's just it's good to have him out there. Um, I mean, my concern was, and I, I read something in the, in the match preview saying that, yes, it was a laceration, but he will not be risked at Burnley because there's a chance it could open up again. So that's in that regard, that is why I was really surprised to see him in the starting eleven. Yeah, that's also true. Um, I think I think it, it was also another gamble, but I think it's one that uh, seems to have at least. I mean, did we really? We didn't really too much yesterday, did we? Um, but yeah, it's one of those. I think it, it's worth a gamble. I mean, it's you can always heal it up. You can always close it back up with whatever. I mean, we don't really know. I mean, I'm coming from an ice hockey guy. I've been cut plenty of times, or whatever. So it's it's one yeah. of those. You just kind of go <laughs> with a cut sometimes. Yeah, but this is Premier League we're talking about. They're, they're yeah. pussies, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we are joined now by by the Moscow Mesh, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, how are you? Yeah, yeah, all right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Good to have you. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm in I'm in shock. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, starting eleven, Kev. Uh, any concerns with that? Um, I mean, yeah, Vestergaard in the starting eleven as the back pairing with. Uh, Jack fucking Stevens over Jan Bednarek. Uh, initially I thought, oh okay, he must be suspended then, but um, apparently he wasn't. He just preferred him for his height. That I don't know. He'd be able to deal with uh, long balls a lot better than than Bednarek because of that height difference. But I think maybe Ralph had a bout of amnesia and forgot 
how slow he is and unresponsive. <laughs> um, I mean, he didn't have his worst game yesterday, but I mean, that's not much of a compliment, is it? <laughs> no, I guess it's not. That, yeah, the Redmond injury kind of came out of the blue as well, because um, yeah, he's been one of our better players more recently, and uh, yeah, we definitely missed him. But yeah, good to see Carl Walker-Peters um, starting straight in there, because I mean, it's better to have him than some makeshift right back or other. And Armstrong back as well. Yeah, it's nice to see him back. Uh, and the bench, uh, Gunn, Adams, Gineppo, Romeu, Oberfemi, Smallbone and Bednarik. Uh, yeah, OK, so that's pretty much what we expected. Uh, OK, so Alan, how <laughs> I say how we started. I think it was pretty obvious how we started. It couldn't have started any worse, really, could it? Um, two, <laughs> two minutes in, an embarrassing opener. Um, who's to blame for that? I think, well, it's a combination between McCarthy and Ings, I would say. Um, yeah, I think both, to be honest. I'm with you. It's, uh, I mean, you could easily put the blame just straight on to, to Ings. I mean, he's just kind of, if he's on that right post there, on the near post, and the ball's coming in, obviously, he's he's the one that needs to deal with it, especially at that tight of an angle. Um, I mean, I just, just lack of communication led to that. I mean, that was just, that was bizarre. I, I mean... mean Watching the analysis on Match of the Day, Danny Murphy, I think it was, that said he was on that post, and then he was talking to Kyle Walker Peters to try and get him to come closer. And at, at that point, he kind of like lost his bearings and didn't realise how far he'd moved away from the post. So as the ball came in, he just sort of like thought, oh, that's side netting. But McCarthy was behind the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I sort of, I've looked at this like three or four times back, and I tried to see if McCarthy had indeed said to shouted to, to Danny to leave it and he didn't, he did not tell him to leave it there was no movement of the lips from McCarthy so yeah, Danny Danny should have dealt with it, Alex should have dealt with it but they didn't so as far as I can see it was a, it was just a complete bizarre freakish accident thing that's not, you know, never going to happen again Yeah, I think any time we play in these storms I feel like we have terrible luck because I mean, you have to think when Borish let that goal in at Stoke, what was it? When yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to play in any any storms in the in the area, please. We just yeah. let's call it off. <laughs> yeah, I guess Burnley and you are used to it out there in the, in Lancashire. But um, Kev, yeah, what? Did you, how did you feel about this? Oh, I mean, it's the freakiest fucking goal I've ever seen. I mean, even more, yeah, more freaky than that. Um, it was the goalie that scored then as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the cross comes in, and it was oh, it's uh, Carl Walker Peters. First touch of the ball, he concedes a, a corner, which they then score from directly. But yeah, I mean, as the ball's coming in, it's heading like straight for Danny Ings's head, and then it's as if it's some sort of you know ag- like agreement that he'll move out of the way and sort of dummy it. But it's, yeah, it's really weird. I don't know what's what's going on there, like who's miscommunicating with who, and I think McCarthy should bear a bit of the responsibility for being behind the line yeah. like that far and like it, <laughs> when 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 he hits it he's about as far ahead of the line as he is behind it when it when it comes to him so he's he's moved quite quite far behind the line so i mean just keep your body on the line or slightly behind it just so you can you know even push it or parry it away but yeah, yeah. just just an awful start who knows maybe he had a bet on <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. It's just like two-minute corner. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> it's practically an Ings own goal, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's just so bizarre how he just puts his hands up. I mean, like, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the that's the lead art that we went with on the on the on the story was that confusion because it was just so. I mean, it's just the most bizarre thing. Yeah, just, and hopefully we'll never what, see that again. Why would you put his arms up like I, I didn't touch it? Like you think, do you think <laughs> yeah. it's going out of play or what? Oh, just yeah, as I say, bizarre. Not just a very very difficult way to start the game because you don't want to be going behind that early, especially in these conditions. But I suppose the, the important thing is was the, was the response, uh, and we saw in, in the five minutes that preceded that goal, we had eighty percent possession. And you did feel that we were we were going to get back into it. Um, and then we went, well, there was no need to change the game plan either, was there? Because I'm guessing that Ralph had said, let's go out there and give it to him straight away. And, and as soon as that goal happened, they went out and they still they still did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the goal, the equaliser came from Ings, 18th of the season, only a quarter of an hour later. Just, yeah, showing his confidence and, and his quality. Had two defenders on him as well, but still not enough. Perfectly hit. You know, do you know, Ings' uh, last two goals have been outside the box, and the previous 34 are uh, inside the box, rather. So, um, yeah, interesting tidbit for you there. I went back and counted them all myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you can score them out of nowhere, because, I mean, the number of bodies in the Burnley box... Yeah, and it looks like they, they, they were told to, to, to crowd him out as well. Yeah, and that sort of played it to his advantage, because he just um, moves around them. Um, yeah, just managed to take it onto his right foot and then just roll it in, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that was a brilliant call. I mean, that, that, what, like you say, he took on two defenders. It was me and then uh, a diving Jack Cork. And uh, yeah. <laughs> what a, I mean, that was a great hit. Great hit. Very, very good goal. Um, and then we, we, you know, the chances kept coming. So Booth had a lovely cross. Uh, Stevens clipped her header off the bar. Um, but then, you know. Alan, I know you, you mentioned to me before we went on, on air about uh, the, the Jack Hawk tackle on James Ward-Prowse. Um, yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty dirty in terms of... I mean, I love Jack Cork. He's, he's obviously, in the last you know handful of years, one of my favourite Saints players. Um, so it's hard to, to, to go against him on this one. But I think it was, it was just such a frustration tackle because he was in a battle with James Ward-Prowse. As you say, um, like they come together. I mean, nothing malicious in the first coming together, but then he just, once he's lost the ball, he just dives across the top of his knee. And it's just, I thought it was a bit, bit naughty. He probably should have, he easily could have been, uh, been given a red and, uh, mm-hmm. probably he wouldn't have had any sort of issue with it. But it's just surprised they didn't even get a yellow from it. Oh, I, when I first saw it, I was watching it live, and I don't think it was a red. I just think, yeah, it was a, was a bit dirty. But I think, yeah, that's a yellow. But the, the amount of uh, Twitter talk afterwards saying that it should have been a red card, I don't agree with that. I think it was more so the premeditation of it. I guess that's yeah. the word you could use for it, because he had lost the ball. Frustration, and then he's just, yeah. Yeah, and he's just lashed out at it. And I think that's that's more the intent. I don't know if he was intending it, I mean, to try and injure him, but I think it was more of a frustration. And you've seen... Trying Red's to open given. up that cut, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 that's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it was a red. Um, yellow card would have been warranted. And, um, I mean, the referee was quite lenient, I think. I mean, we only got a couple of yellow cards apiece, didn't we? But mm. I think Burnley were... They were only that sort of classic, stereotypical Burnley when they weren't leading the game. I think when they're leading the game, 
they're all kind of you know sweetness and and light and uh, they can they can press the ball and um, yeah try and squeeze the game out that way. But yeah, when when they're on the back foot, fucking hell, it's like this, like they're playing playing rugby. I mean, there was a number of tackles, not just um, Corcoran Prousey, but um, Taylor had the nasty one on Armstrong at the beginning oh, of yes, the yeah. second half. Um, Barnsley takes out Gineppo and then yeah, Taylor another one on Obafemi. Um, but I, I think that was just part of a an ongoing battle between the two there. But yeah, any of those could have been um, yellow card offences. And yeah, um, if that had been the case, um, they would have had sort of a couple of players less on the pitch, I think. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. I didn't really think about how lenient that he was. But looking back, and when you put it like that, maybe, yeah, maybe he was. Um, and then the, the, the second Burnley goal... I think it's fair to say that Burnley didn't have a lot of possession um, and, they, and, and they didn't give McCarthy an awful lot to do. And the goal kind of comes out from nothing where Hendrick just hoiks the ball long. Uh, Vidra on the chest and turn, very nice by the way, finds space around Kai Walker-Peters and blasts it in the top left. And that's the first time he scored since September 2018. It's always the way, isn't it, Kev? Like, Southampton just give this second chance, uh, second chances to strikers who desperately need goals. Kind of like we save their careers, don't we? Uh, yeah, um, it's like um, I don't know, it's sort of like one of those Vegas comeback shows or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Vitra, he's a player that you forgot even existed, and um, he's come on through that uh, injury to Chris Woods in the first half. And I suppose he's not the we weren't expecting them to to play with that that kind of uh, player. He's you know got a bit of pace and a, and a well, clearly a bit of skill. Mm. And yeah, I mean, lumping the ball across the midfield like that, um, already cut out half of our team. And yeah, you've got Vestergaard who's slow to get to his man. And I think there's a bit of miscommunication between Stevens and Vestergaard between, you know, who they're supposed to be marking or, you know, who's in what zone. And by the time they've worked that out, um, he's, he's already set up the ball and, and yeah, just cracked it with his left foot. Um, Stevens crashing towards him. So he falls over about halfway through the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just um, just not good enough. I thought it was a, a man. That was a heck of a goal. I mean, mm. if, if that's your that first goal to, since whatever September 2017, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018, I think I feel like both goals, if I remember correctly, did because the we ended up with with the corner because of him, because we had to play it out for a corner or whatever, um, or he's beat leading into the corner, um, and then obviously hoofs it up and just can't win a header, can't you know figure out who he's marking, but overall, yeah, just a nice goal, unfortunately against us. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the, change the formation up a bit. Because Kyle Walker Peters comes off and Michael Eberfemi comes on, and Kev, he didn't leave it too late this time. No, um, <laughs> I suppose so. Um, but that's seventy third minute. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange. It's all you know, putting all his eggs into one basket, isn't it? Going three in defence. Well, I guess that he thought this is the chat. I mean, we, we shouldn't be losing this game. Um, we we can beat these. We are creating enough chances. We, we've got enough possession of the ball. We're going to create chances if we just be a little bit more aggressive up front. 
but I mean, we weren't doing enough with it, and um, we just, you know, couldn't play it through the midfield. I mean, there's just that Burnley style of play, and especially when they're 2-1 up and just got basically eight players behind the ball. It's not much we, we really could have done with that, even if we'd have had four or five up front. Yeah. Right, then, uh, Alan, um, <laughs> the big decision, you know what it is, it's the handball from Ben Mee. Um, the opinion seems to be split on this. I'm trying not to be biased here, um, but what do you think? Do you think that was a penalty? I didn't think it was a penalty, but I've seen VAR come back and give it for less. And I've mm. seen, so I did, personally, I didn't think it was a penalty and it didn't seem, I think it would have been harsh if it was given, but I would have totally understood if it was given, which is VAR to a T. I mean, it's, it's quite ridiculous. VAR, it's not solved anything, but I didn't think it was trying to be, trying to be as unbiased as you say as possible. I didn't think it was. I've seen, like I say, seen, seen it given for less, but then I think it would have been harsh. It's, it's one of those. VR has not fixed anything here. <laughs> I, I personally, I think it was a penalty. I think that just simply because VAR is trying to be consistent with these decisions and they have, like you said, they've given those this, you know, this season and they've got, they've come back to decisions that weren't and, and, and giving it for less. So, but at the same time, I'm, if anyone wants to argue the fact, then I'm open to hearing it because it's a tough one because he doesn't, his arm doesn't go naturally outside of the silhouette, does it? He has tried to, to he's not tried to put it in the way of the ball, but it does stop the cross as well. So, I don't know. It was a bit, I mean, when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, it's got to be given. Even when the referee didn't give it, I thought, yeah, VAR is going to correct this. We're going to get it. I think it's, well, it's a clear handball, but, um, it's clearly that it wasn't an intentional handball. Um, so I think that really depends on what the rule is as to whether it gets, gets given. I mean, if it's in a, when there's, when the attacking team, when they score a goal, if there's any use of the hand in the uh, run of play up to that, then it gets disallowed. Um, when is the defending team um, do they apply the same universal rule intentional or otherwise I'm not entirely sure no this is the thing it's not consistent in that if that's the rule if they're going to say like that's not handball because he didn't move his arm out of that silhouette it's not intentional fine I understand that that's the that's the blueprint that you need to go on going forward nothing else can be given like that but the fact that they have given them this season it's not fair in that way. It's, it needs to be more consistent. I feel is it crucial that he didn't award the penalty, so VAR is having to confirm the ref's decision this is what to not give the penalty? It always or... seems like VAR is too afraid to go against the referee. If there's an on-field decision, that VAR has to find something conclusive to change it, and it didn't. Which is interesting, because like... If he is, if he's given the penalty, what is VAR? Does VAR uphold the penalty or do they yes, overturn yeah, that's, it? That's very it's interesting. Just, yeah. If he had given the penalty, yeah. What do you think of that, Kev? If he had, referee had said, yeah, it's a penalty. VAR looked at it. Would VAR have gone against the ref? I mean, hopefully not. I think VAR needs to be exactly that. Uh, video assistant referee. It needs to be assisting the referees, not dictating, um, whether their decisions are right or wrong. But it, it hasn't really been that. You know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Um, sometimes it overrules. Um, sometimes it confirms the referee's decision or goes against it or says, well, wh- whatever the referee said. Um, I, th- I think it, sh- it should be there as, as a tool that the referee can use rather than an authority over them. 
And yeah, these pitch side screens that um, all of the Premier League clubs have got not being used at all. That's ridiculous. Mm. He should be able to go there, look at it himself and say, no, I've seen that and, I, and you know, I'm making this decision or this decision. And then there's no controversy. Very well said. Um, OK, so that was pretty much it. I mean, Pope makes makes a save from Hoiberg at the end. That was a big moment. It could have done it. But, yeah, very very good um, save from Pope. But it finished 2-1. Burnley continued to be our bogey side. That's winless in our last six encounters. That's three draws and three losses. Uh, and it's the first league double they've had on us since 1946-47. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. But on the plus side, at least we have a better chance of playing Champions League football than Man City do. So. <laughs> 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 yes. um, and, a, and a big up to the Burnley fans as well Travelling down that early in, in that weather as well True dedication there uh, So yeah, well done Burnley um, Yeah, it was, it was poor up here yesterday yeah. Awful, so for them going back For them getting back Because um, I had to go to basketball at, Basically after the match I left at four And it was somewhat raining But by the time I was you know, getting into Barry or whatever, just, you know, an hour away on the tram, it was like, I mean, you couldn't see anything. So God knows what they had to go through to uh, to come back home. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, as I say, that's true true dedication. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Great. Some great fans. Um, But yeah, at the end of it, Kev, we're just not good enough. Uh, it was a good first half. Not nearly good enough in the second half. The poor home form continues to amaze me. I don't quite get it. Um, Especially after like a nine, ten day break, whatever it was, we had nothing but Burnley to prepare for as well you know and going down early like we did must have been just so frustrating we just didn't have the the creativity to do anything about it uh thoughts on Kai Walker-Peters because I mean he was a, he looked a, he looks a little bit lightweight doesn't he and there was a moment like really really early on where, where Chris Wood and him were, were chasing the ball and Wood gives him a little budge and he's gone and he's I think you know I think he needs to hit the weights <laughs> the, the big the big thing with him is I mean, it's good to see him get his feet wet and get out there for us. Um, but it's, have we done anything, any sort of like upgrade to Cedric? I mean, is, is he just kind of, I mean, it's, I don't really think he's going to give us much more than Cedric was given, mm. um, which is, he's just on loan, isn't he? He's so, just plugging a gap at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of how I feel with him. Um, he's going to get us to the end of the season, and I don't know if we're going to go into the market and find someone you know, long term. Um, we're going to have to, yeah. We're going to have to. We're definitely going to have to because it's just, I mean, we've only seen him for 90 minutes or less than that, I guess, now. Um, uh, unless unless Gower said no and Ralph will have to take Valerie. Yeah. I mean, but Valerie's not ready, in my opinion. I mean, he's, he had a good first year ever, but then has taken a massive step back. So I think at the minute, you know, Peters is just kind of that, um, that plug, you know, plug and play at the minute kind of guy. As our only option. And Kev, what did you think about his debut? He only had, <sighs> an hour. He only had the hour, didn't he? But and he, hasn't, yeah. he hasn't played an awful lot of football, so... It's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, he could have got a lot worse, couldn't it? Um, yeah, I don't think sure. he was the worst performer. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is a stopgap option. But I mean, you couldn't give him a better chance to prove himself, could you? Like, um, if it, He's the only option there. And he's got to perform very badly for Ralph to say, OK, yeah, Valerie's going in over... Um, this lad we brought in. So yes, his, his chance to play Premier League football regularly and prove himself. Um, hopefully he will, but yeah, if he doesn't, then we're just going to have to dip back into the transfer market as we would have anyway um, with Cedric going. Yeah. Um, Alan, that's just 11 points at home this campaign. 
And also, amazingly, in the 11 home points this season, I have been present for every single one of those points. <laughs> and all the games we've lost, I haven't been to. So, well, apart from that Wolves one. But yeah, I broke that sequence. It's amazing. Um, the worst record in the division. What's the reason for that? If, if I had the answer to that, we'd be winning at home. <laughs> um, but at the minute, it's just, for some reason, I think they mentioned it a little bit in the broadcast. It's when, when we go down or when we don't play well, there's just, I mean, the, the crowd wasn't huge yesterday due to the weather, largely, and apparently and no offense. Yeah, apparently no offense to them. Um, but I think it's just once the crowd turns on them, I don't know if they shouldn't be, I mean, they're professionals, they shouldn't really be letting that sort of thing affect them as much as it does. But clearly, when it turns, yeah, clearly when it changes, when it turn, when that support turns on them, it just, it's like a snap of the finger and it's just, just, I don't know what it is, but I think that's it. And they mentioned it briefly in the commentary, and I, I kind of understand that a little bit. That, but they should be letting that affect them. But mm. just that's my only thought on it. I mean, it's just once the home support goes on, maybe there's just more of them, and it just hits them more than it does when they're away. Less pressure. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've conceded 30 goals at home in 13 games. Uh, the first top flight side to concede this much since Ipswich in 1963. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not good. It's not good. Home form's definitely not, not good. Um, and I, as I said to you, Alan, I'm, I was disappointed with Gineppo, um, and Armstrong didn't have his most impactful game. But what did you think, Kev? I'd agree with that. I think um, Buffo, I thought he was brilliant in the first half. Um, yeah, great spark of creativity. I think we had um, more chances coming down that left wing than on the right um, Bertrand was um, was great overlapping Buffal there um, yeah, getting up with, uh, with with chances yeah Armstrong pretty average performance from him um, yeah it's a disappointing to, to have him come off now because that I mean leaves Gineppo in with um, Redmond also out injured so yeah that doesn't show me of confidence uh, man of the match for you, Alan. Ings, maybe, just by default for the goal. Um, but then again, he kind of made a careless mistake at the other end. It's very tough. I mean, mm. I don't think Hoiberg's playing too poorly at the minute. He's playing all right. He's doing what he needs to. Um, yeah. He's in for a good shout. I mean, we just played so bad yesterday. Um, we had some stretches where we were, like, competent enough to get forward and, you know, at least test the keeper. Um, but overall, I think we just... I don't know what it was. We just coming off that long break, um, maybe disappointment in the cup. Um, but we just we weren't at it yesterday um, for whatever reason. Um, so it's really tough to pick someone that yes. you know stood out amongst that performance. Kev? Um, yeah, I, I was racking my brains really to think about who it was going to be. Um, yeah, Vestergaard was yeah a bit of a disappointment. I'd say. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it with that back to um, Stevens and Bednarik. Walker Peters was average. Um, Armstrong, say Hoiberg, was pretty average as well. Um, Ings, yeah, brilliant goal, but um, I can't forgive him for that <laughs> mistake in two minutes. Um, same for McCarthy as well. Like a couple of decent saves, but yeah, still unforgivable. Um, Buffal, probably the best player um, for the time they had on the pitch, but I mean, if he's only on for 40 minutes, so I'll probably just have to give it to Bertrand. Okay, interesting uh, 
process of elimination there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I thought Bertram was um, overall, uh, he had a positive contribution to mm-hmm. to the match. Um, the others just, just didn't. Well, I, I mean, I, I've got Buffel. Uh, I thought he did well before his injury. It's that he evolved mm-hmm. in the build-up to the goal, uh, putting that cross for Stevens. With his injury and Gineppo not making an impact in the slightest, it all went downhill from that point. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, I'm going to have to give it to Danny, so I'm going to go with, 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 with you, Alan. Uh, he just can't stop scoring. So confident right now. And, and he believes he's going to score whenever he's in that position too. He's making all the right decisions and you know converts little more than half chances. His brain moves quicker than a nun's first curry. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you leave him out of the side, and where did the goals come from? I can't stress how important he is to us right now. And I know he made a mistake, but I think he's got... He's, you, you can allow him a, a little mistake, especially a defensive mistake. I mean, come on. Oh, let me... Don't go for Well, just just for this match, um, I, I just you can see it coming towards his, his head, and, and just he moved away. Mm. It's just it beggars belief. So, yeah, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that dressing room afterwards. Um where he has to explain what was going through his head at that point. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think that's the, that's the worst performance this year. He's allowed it. Let, let I mean, not, not, not from Danny, but from the whole team. That's an overall oh, team really? performance. Yeah, that's the, the worst performance this year. Wow. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. That was that was pretty poor. From it just we just didn't do anything really, did we? Like well, we the first didn't. That was okay. I just, I mean, we settled in after the goal, and we mm. played, you know, we, we put together, I mean, we obviously scored a goal. I mean, that, that always helps get us back into the game when we're down. Um, yeah. but I think just on the whole, I think it was just a bit of a, bit of a flat performance. I, I just, that long break really kind of curbed some momentum. Even though we, we lost in the cup, it was one of those, I mean, we were still playing okay. We were still playing, you know, Good yeah, enough to get results. We, we, but then, the, the games that we lost to, to Liverpool and, and um, Spurs, we were still playing well. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. this is kind of like the end of that good spell. Yeah, and the, the one against Wolves, we just completely collapsed away, in the yeah. second half, but we were brilliant in the first. Um, whereas here, it was just kind of about as drab as the weather. Okay, on to the away end. Now, there's no one in the away end. Well, no away fan in the away end this week. Apologies. I've been, as I said before, I've been ill this week, um, and the show's kind of like been on the back burner. Um, and at the moment, at the time of recording, Villa are actually playing Spurs, so um, it's been difficult to actually get a Villa fan to come on. Um, but we do have another home game next Saturday on the 22nd. That is at home to Villa. Villa, of course, uh, treading water down there in 17th place, a place we're all too familiar with. Um, yeah. Six-point gap between the two of us. A big, big game this one, I think. Um, and we can't allow ourselves to drop many more home points, you know, especially against the teams that are down there. Um, and you know, these were supposed to be favourable fixtures. We spoke about this, Kevin, over the previous weeks, and we got nothing from Burnley. Does that make this loss even more important now, Alan? Well, do you think uh, Villa would like to to host this one instead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, every game's, it's just the table's so congested at the minute down, you know, after you get, I mean, after you come off the Champions League places, the Europa League places, just everyone's so tightly packed, so it's like, any result is just gonna be magnified, whether it's, you know, whether we're playing someone in sixth or we're playing someone in nineteenth, um, just a huge match, um, and we need a win, uh, just to kinda get back some of that form, uh, and just get our feet going again. 
because I mean we uh, we just weren't at the races against Burnley, so huge match. Yeah. Uh, and Villa, Kev, have, have got a trip to Wembley to look forward to against oh, City yeah. in the Carabao Cup. Um, but their main priorities have got to be, of course, Premier League survival. But, I mean, this Burnley result has kind of you know, it's turned me a little bit. And I'm really, really fearful for this game now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had they come off the back of um, a very good January in the league. I mean, that um, thrashing by Man City at home aside. Um, yeah, they beat Burnley, got a draw with Leicester. Um, to Brighton away, uh, beat Watford to on the ascendancy, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, of course that that trip to Wembley as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean they're pretty formidable sides. I mean these um, teams in the relegation zones are su- surprisingly good teams, it's, especially it's, at this stage of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and no doubt um, they'll be looking at this one as a chance to take maximum points. They'll be thinking, "Oh, Saints, you know, worst home record in the league." They just come off of the back of a, of a loss to Burnley. You know he's going to be telling his players, "Let's have them. Let's go at them." Yeah, and and they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can I get a prediction from you, Alan? I'm going to go with two-one uh, to Saints, and I'm oh. really struggling on that one, just for the fact that we're at home. But I think I think we're going to come back. We're going to have a good bounce-back performance, and it's going to be. You know, Ben Ings is really going to obviously be the the catalyst for that because um, he'll have a point to prove because um, he'll probably feel that he's let us down a little bit in the last match despite scoring. So hopefully he uses that as a bit of a motivational tool to to get us back on form. Um, and what do you think he's going to do with the starting eleven? I mean, are we expecting uh, Buffard to be back? Because Ralph has said it's not, as I said, it's not a very serious ankle injury. So what I'm... would you do? What would you do on that left hand side, Buffard? Like I said with you, I, I would love to keep Buffal and maybe Gineppo on the bench. I mean, maybe you run with Gineppo and bring Buffal on, but I'm, like I said before when we were talking, um, maybe give Obafemi just a little bit of a run down that left side. Um, so I mean, maybe you, that's an keep, option. You'd keep Long and Ings up top and let Obafemi go out wide left. I think that's uh, maybe a viable option just to give us some of that impact off the bench and then obviously put Bednarik back in for Vestergaard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that, that's a given. That's, isn't no that's, a, that's a given. <laughs> uh, and Kevin, uh, I'll ask ask you the same prediction and uh, starting eleven. Um, yeah, I have to say, I think put, with regards to putting Obafemi in there, I, I don't think he's going to do it. I think, yeah, obviously um, Bednarik in for Vestergaard. Um, that little experiment uh, didn't work out at all. Um, Walker Peters and Bertrand. Um, yes, left and right back, and then. Um, Do you yeah, not think Prats, with the with right. the fact that we've got no? Well, I say we have got lateral left sides without Redmond, but do you, do you think there's a possibility he could go four three three? And that'd be interesting. What have um, yeah Armstrong? Um, yeah, Armstrong, Ward Prowse, and Hoiberg, and then oh. let Oberfemi go and have a little bit of a free roll. That would there. be interesting. Um, It'd be nice to see that, but I mean, that'd be basically mirroring Villa's formation, really, wouldn't it? Mm. I think he's just going to stick to um, what he likes doing and have um, Armstrong and Buffel, like, yeah, if he's fit. No, and if, he's, and if he's not fit, you'd put Gineppo. <sighs> yeah, I mean, if, yeah, that is a question, isn't it? Mm. Would you rather have Gineppo in there or um, stick on another striker? I mean, but I, like Alan, have, have said oh. that I would like to see both Buffel and Gineppo come off the bench. I think they are better. I think if you're going to put, I think if you're going to put one start, and it's going to be uh, Gineppo, I mean, 
Buffalo's obviously shown that he is more impactful off the bench, whereas you've started Gineppo before, um, and he's provided. Um, but I just hope we don't change the formation. That's the only thing that I'm mm. hoping we don't do. Um, just the fact that it's worked so well for us um, to this point, um, results aside at home, it's it seems to be where we've found our comfort and where we've been, you know, most impact impactful on the on or during games. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen him tink, tinker with the formations, especially at the back. Uh, but now mm-hmm. it, it does it does seem settled, doesn't it? It does seem to have that settled back four, apart from yesterday, of course. But um, one loss should not make him panic and change the formation too much. No, and Buffett was good. He made a good start yesterday. I thought Buffett was good, yeah. He was in my contention for man of the match. But as you say, yeah. only the 40 minutes that he played. But um, yeah, Kev, uh, prediction? Ah, oh, Jesus. I mean, that is impossible to call, isn't it? Um, I... I I do want to say two on six because it's the same kind of game. You know, we were in that position um, at the end of the year where we had to beat um, Norwich and Watford at home, uh, and yeah, sort of scraped through with a two-one win after going going behind. Maybe I see it going that way. I don't know. I just want to say one-one, which I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> um, I laugh because I had I had two-one Saints before yesterday, mm. um, and now. I am worried. I've looked looked at all the stats at home, and I mean, it's 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 plain that we're we're not a, a home side as it is. And mm. I've just been knocked for confidence when we're playing at home, no matter who we're playing, whether they're you know in the top six or the bottom six. It's 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 tough for us. So I'm edging towards a one-one also, Kevin. So I'm not going to change. I can't see it. I mean, I'd like to say yeah, a nice, comfortable two-nil, but. I can't see it happening at the moment, and I think yeah, without Redmond, we haven't got that creativity, that spark there. I think one-one. Yeah, and better v- given it's a Tottenham, they're one-nil up already. Really? Yeah. It's uh, all Devereux old time goal, but um, yeah, from the looks of things, they are really, really pushing it. Well, okay, this is trouble. <laughs> Can I change it to T-one Villa? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's one one. It's it's it's, it's there. Um, right, okay. But before we let you go, Alan, uh, we we tried something last week with um, Kev. You know what I'm talking about? This, this Twitter game. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to have another go at it, Kev? All right. Okay. Um, so have you thought of a name for it? No. I haven't. In that Twitter or something? Yeah, something. I don't know. We could do better than that. So basically, what this is, Alan, is just a a, a simple guessing game. I'm going to read two players. You're going to tell me who's got more followers on Twitter because it is so, so important these days. That's <laughs> so important. Yes. Um, who's got more Twitter followers, Matt Target or Jack Stevens? Ooh, uh, we're going to go with Matt Target. Kevin? Uh, I, th- I think I have to agree. It is Matt Target, 48.4 mm. to Jack Stevens' 21. So, yeah, more than doubled. Uh, this is a tough one. Oh, well, I thought it was anyway. Uh, Jack Grealish against Nathan Redmond. Ooh, uh, I'll go Grealish. I'll go Reds. It is Grealish. 278,000 to 102. Okay. Uh, Tyrone Mings versus Danny Ings. Mings Ings. I'm going to go Tyrone. I'll go Danny. It's Danny by a long way. It's 300,000 to 100, 104,000. Oh, wow. Um, and lastly, Villa versus Southampton. I'm going to go Southampton. Villa. 
Southampton have 1.1 million. Villa have 1.3. So Villa just edged that one. But yeah. Kev, who's got more Twitter followers, me or you? Um, you probably. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. We, we, we do need to think of a name for that. So yeah, I'll leave that, I'll leave that in your good hands, Kev. Alright, suggestions on a postcard. Yeah. Um, Alan, thank you a million times. You've been a lifesaver this week. It's been really, really difficult to get, get some, uh, organisation going on where I've been in, in my deathbed. <laughs> well, it's but glad yeah. to see you're still with us. Yes. I didn't think it was going to happen to me, honest. But yeah, um, thank you so much for coming on and, um, taking Kevin's place at the start of the show yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You would have had at least a good funeral because you'd have been swept away by the by the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Viking funeral, this. <laughs> Indeed. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we still need to get Jake on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe you can uh, maybe you can have you both back on. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Be a duo. Yeah. And then yeah, the next time you come on will be your hat trick appearance. So. That'd be good. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Enjoy it as always. Brilliant. Thanks again, Alan. Great. Right, cheers, mate. Have a good rest of the afternoon. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much. You too, mate. Bye. Up the Saints. Bye. Up, up, up the, the Saints. Saints. Okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. We will start with the predictions. Uh, I went for a 1-0 Saints win. You went for 1-1. So nothing for us again. Uh, mm-hmm. Scores remain 51-39 to you um yeah well done uh and super six has been three rounds uh since we last recorded so round 40 the winner of round 40 was it was me was it really yeah i was waiting for that so yeah um yeah uh, 18 points actually i tied it with um adam laver who also scored 18 obviously so yeah well done uh round 41 was won by jonta jonta or jonta i don't know jonta Keane with 11 points uh, and round 42 was yesterday, of course. That was won by Michael Etheridge with 15 points. So the overall lead is Tom Hennigan stands alone on 328. So, yeah, it's getting uh, getting tasty now. Uh, and fancy football. Sure as hell is. Um, well, the game week's ongoing um, has been for the last uh, week or so. All of those matches that are spread out over the break. Yeah. Um, so far, I've got 42 points. Um, I think I may have neglected something in my team because I've um, still got Alexander Arnold as captain. But um, that seems to have worked out all right for me. And your team, 50 Shades of Che, 34 points so far. Yeah, I, I saw stupidly that I had Casper um, Schmeichel on the bench. I didn't mean that. that it, I didn't mean for that to happen. Um, obviously, got a clean sheet yesterday, so I don't know why I didn't. I mean, I, I thought I put him in. And Sterling is um, obviously not playing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see that he's back next week, I believe. So yeah, he's out. But yeah, Deportivo Handelbar um, seems to be um, quite steady at the top there. John Bailey um, only thirty-five this week, but that's enough to keep him um, way up at the top of the league. And yeah, Freddie's overtaken me now, hasn't he? In his um, in our Southampton Podcasters League. I think he yeah. said something about it on the uh, the Burnley preview. He did, yeah. Thursday. So, yeah, thanks, Freddie. Yeah, so he's, he's going to be going, coming for me next, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have, for some reason, um, jumped up in our rankings. I'm up to 15th in our league. Oh, wow. Well done. I, 
I don't know how that's happened, but um, yeah, fair enough. Um, just behind Tim Marshall now. Um, yeah, his rhythm of his dance is down to 12. Come on, Tim. Um, but yeah, in Ralph we trust, still at the top, they're 50 points clear. Uh, yes, indeedy, and then um, Lucy Heiner and third, and the rest are just really straggling. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, little little look down. You're forty fourth. <laughs> Can't resist, can you? I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. Um, <laughs> if you want to feel better, there's uh, fifty nine players in a, in our uh, league, and um, Ben Yeomans bottom of the league. Good. <laughs> there you go. Still, what's really important is that I've got more uh, Twitter followers than you. Yeah, I think that's how we measure success these days, isn't it? That's going to backfire now. You're going to get loads of followers this week just to shut me up. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to go and buy some. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. Um, you'll always have more Instagram followers than me, though, no, no matter what. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that is about it for this week um actually well we do we do you did put that challenge out didn't you about the kyle walker peters song slash chant thing Mm. um have you got one ready i don't this week no why what's your excuse you've had how long um about a fortnight Mm. and normally when i issue these challenges it takes um takes a a few weeks rolling over before um we, we get uh a masterpiece from you. So I don't know why I sort of convinced myself that um, it wasn't going to happen. I did have an idea, but I just didn't work it out. So have you um, got anything in the on you know on the back burner? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got like an idea and a half, but um, it's just not really finished. I think maybe next time. Kevin, uh, have you got a Russian phrase? Um, I do. I'm going to be very lazy this week because um, the interestingly um, the Check on you against us. Uh, his surname is the Russian for otter. Otter. Oh. Vidra. Vidra. Yeah. I just thought it was funny and appropriate that when we're swimming in rain, that it's an otter that <laughs> outdoes us. <laughs> so that's it, Vidra. Vidra. Yeah. Vidra. Okay. It's just more of a fact of a day than the phrase. Okay, that'll do. That'll do. Um, okay, so. As I say, that is it for this week. We have uh, Aston Villa next week on the 22nd, and we will be recording on the 23rd. With us that week, we have, do you want to announce her? Ben Stanfield. Yep. From, and Steve Grant. Yep, from Total Saints Podcast, so that should be a good one. I'm um, looking forward to that, and um, hopefully we'll have a West Ham fan also to preview our West Ham game which is the week after. And I understand, Kevin, that you are back in the UK soon? Yes. Yeah, I'll be over um, that weekend, uh, 7th of the 8th of March. So the Newcastle one. Newcastle game, so I'm going to go and watch that. That's going to be um, an absolute thriller, I'm sure. Mm. Okay. All right, then, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.